Whoever let the color of your skin, where you come from, the environment you grew up in, stop you from chasing your dreams, baby, let's get it. My hand to please don't segregate, you dress in a suit I can't relate, minority report, can't ignore, being rich or poor and your credit score. My hand to please don't segregate, you dress in a suit I can't relate, minority report, can't ignore, being rich or poor and your credit score. See, all I wanna do is... <laughs> can, you, can you do that one again? That was a week, bro. That was a week. Do it again. I'm not even going to re-edit it. I just want you to do it again. You'll just leave it. Just yeah. bust me out out there. Bah, 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 bah. Was yeah, that yeah, better? That's better. All right. So. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for leveling yeah, my, yeah, my horn. Look out for you. <laughs> How's your week, man? Good, man. Uh, good. I met with the uh, business coach. Oh, yeah. How, how'd that go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good thing I didn't ask you. This is a great conversation. It was actually. great, man. Like It was like a uh like a two hour long conversation just kind of getting to know each other and man i just left that that initial meeting just um just feeling just i don't know man like revived it feels it feels real good yeah. and it's funny because i was ready like hey man like where do i sign up you know what do i do and he goes well you know maybe check this out first i was like no man like i'm ready let's just do it <laughs> nice so um he actually won't have availability till like fall uh but not so, that like, far away yeah it's not that far yeah, away yeah. it gives me time to get kind of my own stuff sorted out but Definitely, you know, I'm at the point where I got to start investing in myself a lot yeah. more than just reading books and podcasts. So. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm excited for that, too, because, uh, you know, like we've been talking about the whole mental thing. Like, I think it's it's a great I, I think that obviously that's where everything starts mentally. And once you have that straightened out, I think not that you don't, but uh, we the more you work on it, the better you get. Yeah. So no, that's, that's definitely exciting. I've been just busy, man. Like <laughs> all my companies are just keeping me busy. Uh, construction's doing great. Uh, and then actually I'll announce it on here. We haven't really came out on social media, but the wife finally retired, you know, from. Oh, that's final. right. Yeah. So that this was her first week kind of helping me out. So that was. So now, now she's experiencing what it's like to like, manage rentals. <laughs> yeah. How's that yeah. going for her? Well, it's funny because literally I was telling you, her comment was like, I don't know how the hell you do all this. <laughs> like you're running all these companies and da da da. So no, it's been uh, definitely a breather for me. And, and I think uh, it's like what we were talking about when, you know, if you focus on doing one thing uh i think things grow faster so you know you know now that i have my people helping me and and you know full-time helping me i i think this you know it can only get better now so i'm i'm excited for that uh i always remember i'm sure you've heard brandon you know he's always saying like the the one thing which right. like the dr oz you know and all he you know you have all these people in the uh in the emergency room and there's 20 people but then all he does is walk in oh, does the, the, one surgeon, cut. the one cut yeah he does one cut walks away you know so i'm, I'm, the, I'm the new <laughs> i'm the new dr oz in lincoln <laughs> okay okay <laughs> he's like okay okay but no it's, it's going great man so yeah i'm excited with that but you could be the wizard of oz <laughs> <laughs> dha yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I got a great book that uh, it, it just it kind of goes with everything that we've been talking about. I took some notes. That's why I have my phone up here. Um, but it goes with everything that me and you have been talking about the whole mental thing um, and then just little actions that change your life if you keep doing them. And uh, so the book is uh, The Compound Effect. Uh, have you read that one? Who's it by? Uh, I have it here. Darren, Darren Hardy. So I've heard of him, but I've never heard of him. Yeah. So, and, and 
the concept is you'll you'll be like oh okay because i'm pretty sure there's a couple other books that are on the same subject um but this book uh you know and the, the great thing bro is and i'm sure everybody watching and, and if it's the first time you're hearing these concepts that we're talking about um it's easy to say oh well that makes sense it's like duh right like all these concepts we talked about but it's like, yeah, it's that easy, but it's not that easy to actually execute them and do it. And and that, that's where everybody has trouble with because, like, oh, well, if it's that easy, then everybody would do it. But, you know, the 3% minority report, I'll keep telling you. But uh, no, this one is basically um, uh, reaping huge rewards from small, insignificant actions. So basically the way he puts it is small choices plus consistency plus time equals significant results. So if you do little things day by day, you know, every day, and, and I have some uh, examples here. So actually perfect example. The first one is a, a single penny that doubles every day for 31 days has a larger payoff than taking $3 million in cash right now. Mm. So think about that. Like, and, it, and it's like, it's slower, right? And cause everybody wants this thing. Like you go to the gym, you want to have wanna a six pack tomorrow, yeah. but it's like, are you doing the little things, which is not eating ice cream at midnight, like we not talked about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Extra dark. Uh, <laughs> these are good, but um, yeah. So it's like the little stuff that you do that uh, basically make a change in the future, and you don't see it overnight, obviously, and, and that's the hard part. Um, but uh, great. And I'm going to add a little more to this story that he has in the book, but uh, basically you take three friends who start at the same place, right? One makes no changes, good or bad, just stays where he's at. And then the other one eyes a weekly beer to his diet and watches TV on downtime. The third one makes small changes like eliminating 200 calories a day, reading 10 pages of a good book daily. Uh, obviously, at that point, I can guarantee you, you could tell me in two years, Who's going to be further. And, and that's just like little things. Right. Like just, I mean, they're, like I said, people think it's like, oh, well, yeah, duh, it makes sense. But it's like, no, like, but do it. Like, <laughs> and that's the whole point with these books. Um, and then let's see. And then basically choices are at the root of every one of your results. Each choice starts a behavior that over time becomes a habit. And that's where, uh, you know, the habit basically is the main thing. Once you make something a habit, uh, you know, it goes back to one of our episodes with, uh, Doug, where he, you know, he said, um, you know, if you're, if your habit is to financially be okay with your accounting and your bills and everything, it's a habit. So it's easier to kind of put it to the side. So always tackle whatever the biggest part of your life that you're struggling with. Um, but to end it with that book, uh, kind of, like I said, with that story, with the three friends, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be you know, these big things, right? Like it could be as simple as you put two people coming from nothing, poverty, and um, one of them, or yeah, one of them, both of them start working at McDonald's, one of them quits. Well, that dude that stayed at McDonald's and the other one didn't, and he's out doing stupid stuff in the streets or, you know, whatever. Obviously, even the dude at McDonald's, you look at him 20 years from now, is going to be doing better. Yeah. So it's like the little actions that you can do day by day that over time, it's a snowball. You have the compound effect. So cool. what do you think? That sounds like a good one. I got to yeah. add it to my... Yeah, my check it out. List. No, it, it, I, that was one of my probably top five books that I read when I, when I first started reading. So, uh, nice. but yeah, we have a special guest today. Evan Elmwood. I was going to interrupt it. 
We're, right, we're, yeah, we're, we're on site too. So yeah, that's... we're on site. So let's bring them in. Uh, you did. <laughs> we're just talking about being cozy. Uh, the last few on site places that we've been at haven't had air conditioners. Yeah, so this hot. is amazing. Like <laughs> we're living the big life, like the good life right now. But introduce yourself, man. Oh, my name is Evan Ellenwood. Um, I'm a newbie real estate investor. So um, just getting into it. It's been about a year now since I started my LLC. So yeah, I started July 1 last year is when I created it. And, you know, just starting to get into all this. And um, I'm a full-time at Kawasaki. I work at Engine. uh, I'm an engineer out there. So that's kind of my daytime gig. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, me and you met, I've, I've done some contracting work, some construction work for you. Uh, um, so it, it's been great. This, this, and, this isn't a testimonial. Uh, let me let go to a new era <laughs> construction <laughs> testimonial. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, the, you know, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into it in the show, but there, like the conversations that we've had, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I want to touch on um, because... Uh, for one, I mean, you're sitting here being humble, right? Like, oh, you know, but uh, right now, I mean, just if you could tell us how many, how many deals you have just to get it going, but we'll, we'll go back to your story here okay, in a bit because gotcha. you were too humble right now. So I got, I got three rental properties. Uh, first one was a single family. Uh, then I bought a fourplex and a duplex that you were mm-hmm. doing some remodeling on. Near construction, uh, Dan. <laughs> shout out, shout out to yourself. <laughs> shout out to yourself. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to New York. Shout out to myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah, where we're at right now is uh, it's a fix and flip. So we're going through it right now, trying to get it ready to sell. So no, that's awesome. And and again, I mean, all in one year. Is that yeah, right? yeah, it's wow. been one year. So and he's a newbie. But yeah. let's let's take it back. Um, I, I just wanted to clarify that because I feel like you came a little too humble. Like, oh, you know, you're like <laughs> uh, you're doing great things. Um, but let, let's take it back. Uh, so where are you from? Uh, originally grew up in Hastings, but. I've, we moved here maybe 10 years ago or so. Um, yeah, basically smaller town Hastings. I knew I wanted H-town. to be town. Yeah. Being a bigger city or yeah. whatnot. So, you know, I just moved up here and, uh, what was the decision behind that? Uh, just more and more, just, uh, opportunity. more opportunities gotcha. and, you know, bigger town and whatnot. But, uh, anyways, uh, one thing that I was going to talk about was kind of how I got into the whole real estate thing. That, that's what I was going to ask you, Evan. Why are you getting ahead of ourselves? <laughs> well, but shout out to New York. I'm, I'm editing all that out. <laughs> I hate not being the editor. <laughs> but no, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, like a lot of people, you know, everybody's got their hobbies and whatnot. So, you know, I was really big into cars modifying cars and whatnot. So, you know, I was getting to a point where, you know, I was spending just about everything I made on this hobby of mine that wasn't, you know, giving back really in any way, you know, there's some enjoyment out of it or Mm -hmm. whatever, but, uh, you know, that put us in a pretty bad spot financially. So, you know, we got to the point where, you know, we were maybe $90,000 in you know, consumer type debt, mm. you know, 
the bad, bad day. Yep. So, you know, we, we get to this point, you know, where we're at and my wife, she, she does some searching online or whatever. And she finds, uh, this guy named Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you've heard oh, of him. So we found this Dave Ramsey guy and these, you know, seven baby steps. So, you know, we're like, you know, this is, sounds like a pretty good deal. You know, maybe we should get on this and, you know, try and get rid of all this bad debt. So, mm -hmm. you know, we headed down that road and, you know, we paid off the 90 grand in about 18 months. So wow. we got pretty, pretty <laughs> serious with it. And, yeah. You know, there was, there were some sacrifices that oh, went yeah. along with it, you yeah. know? So, you know, I had a truck on, on payments and my wife had a newer vehicle too. And we downsized, paid a lot of it off. You know, I had a race car. I decided to sell it. You know, paid more of it off. And you just, went, you went all in on the. We, we went. Yeah, what is it? The all, extreme money all maker. In. Is that, yeah, yeah. Right? All yeah. in. So. Oh, so he can get a shout out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to shout out Dave Ramsey, <laughs> the the envelope system. <laughs> I, I, I want to see him and Kiyosaki fight, like oh, you know those yeah, boxing right. matches. We, like should, we should do like a, a Kiyosaki like versus Ramsey. Both, yeah, 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 because it, it, and they both have great points. Before right, we, yeah. we continue with your story, uh, I'm a big believer that uh, if you want to get out of debt. Ramsey's where yeah. you should go like that. I feel like that's, that's the first no joke. Step. 90 grand in 18 months. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive for sure. And I want to touch on that too. Um, but Ramsey is great to pay off debt, get out of that shithole. Um, but then once you do, I don't think his advice for wealth is yeah. all there. I think that's when you go to the other side, but, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, we, you know, we got to a really good spot, paid off all our debt, you know, um, then yeah, I started listening to the Kiyosaki mm -hmm. and a lot of what he was saying, making sense to me because Ramsey's all about all debt is bad mm -hmm. where, you know, Kiyosaki, there's good debt and mm -hmm. there's bad debt. And I definitely agree with that, that if you got debt on stuff that's paying you. I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that's kind of where, what led me into real estate was Kiyosaki. And mm -hmm. So you had no, like no family, friends or anything that you knew of that were investors or anything? Well, like my parents, they do, they do a little bit, okay. but you know, not a lot of it. We didn't really ever talk about it much until I started getting into it. Okay. So do you ask them now? Like, yeah, there's definitely, you know, like, why didn't you talk to me? Cause I mean, I, I would. No, you know, I haven't really reached, reached <laughs> out to him as parents. You know, I just, you know, now that, you know, I kind of see what they're doing and, you know, the type of deals that they do. And yeah, I was and just like, why didn't you yeah, tell me some more? I, that's what I was going to ask you. What was it? Because there had to be some kind of conversation growing up. Like, what was the conversation? Was it get a job go to or go to college get a job or yeah, yeah that's you know i think that's the deal with the, a lot yeah. of families you know 97 percent. you know yeah go, gotta go to school get good grades yeah go did, to college did your, um, while your parents were investors so they still had full-time jobs as they yeah so side. yeah my dad he's he's always kind of had a full-time job um my mom you know she's she's kind of always been a self-employed mm -hmm. she's always been self-employed so she'll find little jobs here here and there to do um she's got like her own interior decorating oh, nice. so a lot of the stuff they do to fix up houses she does a lot mm -hmm. of it and coordinates a lot of it so that's awesome so are they doing that in hastings 
Uh, they live down in Republican City, some small oh, town. Okay. Uh, so is uh, that where they're doing it? Yeah, they got they wow. got property down there, Republican City, Alma, um, and yeah, just kind of around that neck of the woods. But that's awesome, man. So little little towns, <laughs> yeah, little towns. For yeah. Sure. So and if you could touch a little bit uh, before we kind of move on uh, on cars, like uh, if you could tell me the you know what you experience with cars because i i kind of went through similar i feel like you have a chip on your shoulder about cars. <laughs> I do, yeah, he brings it up we, should, we should do i do every episode <laughs> whatever you can at least every, every episode no because i think it's one of the worst investments that you could make you know what i mean and i learned that the hard way and that's why anytime somebody asks me i'm i'm like you know that Wait, how you new know, is that truck you have, though? Huh? How new is that truck you have? I'm though? sorry, it's cutting off. Oh, we don't have headphones. We don't have headphones. But yeah, if you could touch on that, man, because uh, I think that's a huge problem in the country. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of people, you know, they they get into the whole car thing and, you know, it, it kind of snowballed for me. You know, it's like you buy this car, you do a few little modifications to it, and then you know, next thing you know, this thing, you're spending so much money on it. And yeah, worst investment ever, really. You know, there is some enjoyment you get out of it, but you know, your money is not working for you. you know? Right. So whatever you spend on it, you, you won't get nothing, you know, hardly any of it. Yeah. Day. Yeah. So yeah. it's So is that like the type of investment, like kind of the way I think of the way, my opinion, I don't know if people might not get, but the way I think of like stock investing, I kind of feel like it's like, uh like beer money like if you're able if you're if you're able to put five grand into whatever it is that you're doing but you're okay with losing that money and you're not going to be missing any meals or not paying bills because of it is that like the type of money that would go into cars too though for me no it was <laughs> <laughs> i missed a few meals no, it was it was more you know i you know i'd get my paycheck you know i make sure everything's paid and everything like that but yeah basically it's electricity was off a couple of times here and there. Sorry, the car's got a battery. As <laughs> yeah. much money as I could throw at it, yeah. you know, because yeah, some of that stuff gets really. So how did that? When you said you sold your race car, how did that? Like, what was that ROI if there was any? On I, yeah, no, they had to be some there, kind. No, no, no returns. Really? Yeah. So you know, I spent. Man, I I kept track of it, which I probably shouldn't have, but you know, I spent probably close to sixty grand. You know, buying the car, fixing Jesus. it up all this stuff and then sold it for 40. It's like what? So. About three flips or something at least and yeah. a couple well, of well, What kind of car was it? <laughs> exactly. It was a 1964 Chevy Nova. So okay. it was a cool car. At least a Chevy. Sure. At least yeah. I, I, I <laughs> cool. definitely going to give it up for that. <laughs> um, so, okay. Once you get going with this Ramsey thing, uh, I'll move on with cars because I'm getting a little sentimental here too with cars. Um, now, so once you get with this Ramsey thing, uh, so what, once you got to that place where where you paid that, I mean, that's a 90K you said? Yeah. That, that's so a lot. And, and if you don't mind sharing, like what, what were you buying with that? Like what, what was the bad? What kind of car? I'm assuming you know, cars. So yeah, you know, I had a rims. loan on my truck and, um, you know, all the race car stuff. You know, I had, you know, six different credit cards with all you know all this money charged up on it and other other little stuff too you know just you know one of the things my, my mindset was kind of oh i got this credit card for emergencies you know so very little money in the bank but mm -hmm. you know i always had this credit card so 
it's like I'll use that to fall back on and spend everything else on making my race oh, car. That's interesting. But, I've, I guess I've never heard of it being at the credit card as like the 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 safety net, I guess. But I mean, I, that makes sense how someone could use that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But did you use it for safety net? I'm assuming it was. Oh, the, there'd be there. You know, it's hard hard to remember what because right, we right. did all that. Oh man, that's probably, I think maybe it was 2018 is when mm-hmm. we got everything paid off. And to help our listeners, I mean, if you could give us some pointers or how did you get out of debt? Like what, what were the steps that you so, learned uh, that you ex- executed? A lot of the, the stuff that I found helpful from Dave Ramsey is basically learning how to budget. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's become a pretty strong tool. Um, so I got really excited about budgeting and you know all the numbers and you know i got all kinds of spreadsheets now that i keep track of stuff on so i use all these spreadsheets for all my rentals and flips and i keep track of you know basically everything i spent tracking was like a major yeah so tracking was definitely major and you know ramsey's all about the zero-based budget so it's basically you know you got everything you need to pay for in the month basically Whatever you make, you need to assign a you know sign that dollar to something. So if, if you come down, you got three hundred bucks left at the check, put it in the savings or use it to pay off that debt. So mm-hmm. basically, what? squeezing squeezing everything you can, you know, just kind of reduce your lifestyle a little bit just to kind of throw everything at the debt, get it paid off. So along with the lifestyle thing, I was like my next question. What, what was the biggest sacrifice you feel you made during that whole process to pay that off? I'd say the vehicles. I mean, my, my wife, she had a nice 2015 Cherokee and super nice vehicle. I had a nice truck and then we both downgraded and I sold my race car. I'd say it was a lot of, it was a big snowball to throw at it. Mm-hmm. So it helped a lot, but that was probably the biggest sacrifice was yeah. And I love that because there's so many people that will not do they that. They won't. Yeah, yeah exactly. they, they won't give it up. And, you know, uh, I've said that to thousands of people like and my friends, family, like I'm always telling them. And uh, I've had a couple of family you know, members that now have done it. And they're like, OK, like this nice not having a payment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my thing has always been that it's like this is what it takes. you got to sacrifice. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Like you, you definitely have to sacrifice everything. And then, you know, this is what it takes to get to the point where in the future, you're, you're not going to have to budget as much and you're not going to have to, you know, care what car, you know, my, like my truck, for example, <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that's, that's amazing. And that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and it's easy to get to that debt ratio. I mean, it's, it's, oh, yeah. It's so was your, was your wife on board like pretty much right away? Yeah. So she, she was the one that kind of found it online, you know, found the plan and showed me and then, you know, we got on board, she was on board with it. So yeah, we both, both kind of knew and agreed like, yeah, we need to do this and we need to go all in basically. But man, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay. So you pay all this debt off, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you went out, like, did you celebrate with the credit card? Like, you, you know, dinner, <laughs> pay, pay. <laughs> no. pay for dinner with the credit card. <laughs> no, we really didn't do any, any, I mean, I, that's amazing, bro. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Like I, that, and that's, that was the first huge 
step to kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, basically not having that hanging over us. And, you know, basically when we started looking more into real estate, you know, it's having, you know, the, the feeling, you know, knowing that you're in a good spot and you're able to do more, more investing and whatnot, put us in a, in a good spot financially to start taking some of this stuff on. So, so you found Kiyosaki and then I'm guessing you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Listen to it. Listen yeah. to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So yeah, that was and awesome. Then book. Did it just like, just lights go off in your head and you're just like. Pretty much. And you know, I, wa I watch at work, I watch a lot of YouTube. So I'm watching a lot Hopefully of, a lot yeah, of, like, of not <laughs> you know, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're to listen to lunch and break, lunch and break. We can listen to stuff while oh, we're yeah. We, yeah, we've got engineers at work too that they're always listening to stuff while they're doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, you know, the majority of the engineers are probably listening to music where I'm, exactly. I'm in here trying to listen and learn and that's amazing. I love figure that. out how to get some of this stuff to work. I love that. And 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 if you look back, you know, if you do that for like a year even or six months, uh, you start earning these degrees in quote unquote uh, that you can't get in college, you know? And, and the crazy thing is you could expand that listening in so many different levels. Uh, you know, you could go from work to, or from home to work, you know, that's 15, 20 minutes easily. I would say probably more, mm -hmm. uh, and then back. So if you, if you do the math, you're in traffic for an hour. If you turn your, your, you know, I was gonna say your bus, I don't know why, <laughs> your vehicle into uh, basically a college, classroom i mean you could literally you know have a phd you know in financials and all this crazy stuff and and, and that's kind of how it hit me like any little chance i would get like you said is i just started listening to stuff that you know that i would learn and then a couple of years later it's like whoa like you have this mindset that's <laughs> and like you said you look at people differently like you know people listening to music when they could be listening and learning, learning and stuff yep. So no, that, that's amazing. So what was your first, uh, well, before even your first deal, like, uh, so, so you pay this debt off. So then, and you listen to, uh, Kiyosaki. So then what'd you do next, uh, before you even found the first deal? Like, what was that? Um, so I knew, you know, I got, uh, the realtor that we bought our home from, you know, I knew, knew him from dealing with him from, for buying our house and I knew that he had rentals himself. And um, so I was kind of talking back and forth with him a little bit and, you know, just some buddies talking about rentals and whatnot, you know, kind of all getting each other excited about it or whatever. But um, I was able to find my first deal on the MLS. So yeah, bought that and, um, we, we went kind of went in this whole thing thinking that we were going to do flips. So that that's what the first one was. was we were going to flip it, um, but kind of ended up being a bad time of the year. But um, so it ended up being a, a rental. And so, what do you mean by bad time? So I think we because I started the LLC July 1. I think we bought that house end of July. Um, and by the time we were done remodeling it. I don't think we listed it till middle of September, maybe. Um, had a few deals or a few offers fall through and 
it was getting to the point where it's like, I don't know if we're going to get this thing sold. So we, you know, I listed it for, for rent and we're kind of doing both channels just to see if, you know, some offers still came up, but ended up finding someone to get in there like around December. So we waited a while to see what would happen, but. So you ended up renting it? Ended up renting it. Yep. How did you uh, finance it? So the financing for that one. Um, so the good thing about paying off all this debt and, you know, we had a lot of equity in our house. So we basically pulled a line of credit on our house as much as we could. And I was able to use the whole line of credit to finance the purchase of the house and then the remodeling. So I used that line of credit to do all that. And then when we ended up renting it, I did a, a refi, refinanced it and got some money back and paid some stuff off from it. So you, you were still paying that. Well, it was, now he's it like, was, now it's 150,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of debt. My head, but. So what, what were, what did the numbers look like on that? I mean, do you think, uh, since it, do you think that it sat long, too long? Maybe did you spend too much on the rehab? Did you buy it for too much or? Um, yeah, we probably ended up spending too much and, you know, his first, first one mm -hmm. probably ended up spending too much on the rehab and, you know, the offers we were getting, it was just like, you know, I'm only going to make five, 10 grand on this. So it's like, you know, if I hold it, you know, I'll get that money in, you know, consistently every month and I can hold on to it for a year and then sell it if I want to. Yep. So, And that, that's what's lovely with real estate is that the, there's always like an exit, you know, like, uh, and I think that's why it becomes the safest uh, investment that you could make is because there you have all these different choices. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's always, I, I always say that uh, the deal, it's not when you, sell like that's not where you make your money uh you make your money when you buy right. and that, that that's like if you change your mindset to that um and me being a contractor in your construction uh, no <laughs> um but no and with, with me being a contractor i see this a lot where a lot of uh people or a lot of investors blame the contractors right like oh you know why you are you charging <laughs> Phone numbers. <laughs> um, what? Why did the rehab? You know, why was it this expensive? Or, but, but if you look at it, it's like, I mean, have you looked at yourself? Like, it's, it's like, uh, look at, like, when you bought is when the deal should have been, uh, where the money should have been made, and 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 you know, it's a, it's a big when you when you change your mindset that way. So it's not when you sell, but when you buy, and you know, just to kind of add on to the experience that you went through, um, do you still own that? Yeah, still own it. Yep. How and how's that doing? Like, so it's a rental right now. It's a rental right now. So you know, one thing on my rentals, I try to follow the one percent rule. Okay. So and if you could explain that to our listeners, what that is. So like the one percent rule is basically if you buy a buy a property, say for this one example, um, buy it for one hundred and thirty, and you can get. 1300 a month, then you're hitting that 1%. Mm -hmm. So I'd say all in on that property, we're probably around probably 125 and then we're getting 1300 a month nice. in rent. So we're, 
We're beating the over. beating the one percent a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And how now with everything going up, uh, how has that affected that house? So obviously, I'm assuming when you bought it, I mean now it's a whole different, uh, you know, how much is right. it's worth and all that. You know, and I'd say when we were trying to sell it last year, I think mm-hmm. we were asking 140 basically, okay. and I would think you know now just probably just the way the market is now it'd be an easier maybe 140 or 150 yeah yeah so and just by holding it just by holding which is it. which is amazing i mean yeah. you know that's a ten thousand dollar difference and and that's where and, the, and you've been paying it down your your tenants have been paying your mortgage for a year yeah yep. yeah, so now yeah. Owe even less on it now. and you're cash flowing right now like you know you you You've made your money and I mean, you could always decide to sell it. You right. know, we know a couple of people that buy houses too. So I'm just a marketing guru today. What the hell's going on? <laughs> um, so, okay. So that was your first deal. So uh, you got that done. So, and, and like, what were, what were the emotions when uh, you made that? De- when you made the decision of keeping it as a rental, it was supposed to be a flip. Yeah, it was supposed to be a flip. And, you know, it's like my wife, she was really hesitant about the rental thing. She was, you know, on board for the flipping because. Mm-hmm. And, and real quick, did you have that planned, like the exit, or was it like it was going to be a flip 100% and you had to change your mind? after the fact so just from me listening to you know youtube and podcasts you know i listen to a lot of bigger pockets minority so. report in there. yeah i knew that you know renting could be a contingency plan or a backup mm-hmm. so yeah it just so it was definitely in the back of your head it was in the back of my mind but you hadn't sure. brought it up to the wife not really okay no, so how did that go you know, she, yeah, like I said, she was hesitant about it because, you know, dealing with tenants and all that, she was just like, I don't even want to deal with that. But, you know, I think she kind of saw just the way I am with spreadsheets and running numbers and getting excited about all the rental stuff. You know, she saw my excitement. So she went along with it. And, you know, now she, she definitely sees the benefit mm-hmm. of rentals and having that passive so since you guys started your wife was on board 100 percent, or did you have to i mean i guess i mean it was great that she brought the plan to get out of debt right like that so so basically how has that worked out uh, that like your relationship like is it a a lot better because you know it was having just that stress of all that debt you Mm -hmm. know it's you know, she'd tell me it kept her up at night and was like, how are we going to pay all this off? And, you know, and it's true. It's, mm-hmm. It can be stressful mm-hmm. having that, oh, yeah. having that sit on your shoulders. So, you know, yeah, big, huge relief getting that all paid off. And, um, yeah, she's, she's excited about the whole real estate thing and she sees the benefit and, yeah. you know, the potential. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the rental, so it, it got rented, uh, once that got rented, um, like how, what was next? Like, how'd you move on from that one? So we got that one rented and then we were back on, you know, trying to find a, another flip. So, and back how, like you found that one in the MLS, yep. what was your plan? 
So basically I got, I had my realtor, um, you know, he, he knew that, okay, we got that one rented. So he, he started reaching out and, you know, doing his thing, mm-hmm. trying to find us the the next property to flip. And, um, you know, we maybe looked at a few places and, um, he knew also, you know, in the back of his mind that, you know, I was really wanting to get into rental properties. So, mm-hmm. um, so did that first property just flip a switch for you? No, I think, I think I kind of, I always wanted, you know, the rental route, but we, we knew that cash, basically, cash, basically, basically cash, yeah. yeah, basically do a flip or two, build some cash and then go use that cash to go buy a rental. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our, our plan. So, um, yeah, but anyways, we're, we're looking for flips or whatnot, but then uh deal, it was an off market deal for a, a fourplex popped up and, um, it was just one of those things that acted quick on and that's amazing. So you yeah. went from a single family home to, to a building, to a fourplex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and if you could touch on that a little bit, uh, now it's renting, now it's renting hundred percent occupied. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the thing with that property, um, long, really long-term tenants. So there's one tenant that's been in there 20 years oh, wow. and then, you know, a 10 year, five year, and then a What's new, the struggles new with that? So I've, I can talk about that struggles all day. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, you Inherited know, tenants. the, the tenant that's in there, that's been in there the longest, you know, you know, when I took over the property, you know, one thing I did was ask, you know, are there any current maintenance issues or anything I need to be aware of? And this guy had a laundry list of stuff. <laughs> He's like, oh, here it is. is. So was it just the old landlord just wasn't taking care well, of it? Well, I don't know if it was so much the landlord, but um, it's maybe the landlord and him, you know, maybe he kind of helped out a little mm-hmm. bit around the place. And um, and I think the landlord probably used him to kind of do the yard work or whatever, but uh, when I got in there, you know, I had someone for everything. So he no longer had, you know, anything to really keep up on. So, yeah, I think he's just kind of was a, a big critic with a lot of the stuff that I was doing. <laughs> and, you know, he was just not happy. that. Yeah. You know, little, little stuff. You yeah. Know? No, that's amazing. Fourplex. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a big jump. Yeah. But so hot. So <clears throat> I know you've got more since then, right? But yeah, so how do you compare the management of a single family compared to the fourplex? I mean, I think it really just depends on a tenant, you know, because some tenants are easy to manage. You know, they're just easy to deal with. But there's some that um, <laughs> just try to make your life hell. Basically, <laughs> so here and, and tell me your both. I want to hear you guys' both thoughts on this. This is the way that I describe tenants. It's a marriage, okay? So when they first come at you, right? You're like, oh, I need a place to stay, blah, blah, blah. You know, you figure, you know, once you qualify them and, and you know, you give them the key, you're still at that honeymoon stage, right? Like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. I love this place, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Once it's time to move, it's a divorce, right? And divorces, 
I mean, <laughs> the eight, I, I don't know, 80% of, of divorces are probably not the most positive. Yeah, so I, I always good. say that to people. That's and, a good way. I never thought of it. That's yeah, I know. I'm a train like that, bro. Don't be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that Make on my book. My book coming soon. <laughs> start, start marketing again. Um, no, yeah. And, and it, it, literally, that's the best way to describe it because these people, like I said, love you at the beginning. And then at the end, and I'm not saying that all of them, there's always those good divorces too, right? Where it's like, but, you know, they'll break like crack a window and you charge them off the deposit and they're like oh no you know and so anyways there's that but if you guys give me your thoughts on that like i've uh, got great tenants i can't complain (laughs) (laughs) just living the life (laughs) oh yeah i totally agree with that for sure you know it's it yeah i can there's really only only my that single family house was the, the only one so far that i've had to qualify a tenant for um, so you've inherited everyone so, from both of them? Yeah, the other one, fourplex, man, I inherited them all. For a new guy too. The duplex though, you know, um, when we're closing on that property, um, when you, I got the closing statement mm-hmm. from the title company and, you know, generally you get uh, prorated rents mm-hmm. and deposits. And I got the closing statement and the one unit didn't have any wow. prorated rent. So I told the realtor and that, you know, they got together and talked about it and, Oh yeah, he's behind, you know, several months in rent. And I was like, Oh, wow. Great. great. I got, I'm going to have to deal with this. <laughs> I, I so, that so, you know, well, shouldn't that have come up in the negotiation process or the, the due diligence? Well, but he's the, the, this was at the end when you yeah, were getting ready to sign. I mean, it was probably closing day. Yeah. Wow. Right. So, so had they had the original owners lied about the rent roll? Because isn't that something you checked? Well, I mean, you know, they told us what the rent roll was, um, but no, they didn't. They didn't really say anything about that. He was behind. That was never spoken to my realtor. Mm-hmm. So that was just a shock to us. So um, yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to kick this person out because I can't have someone in there that's you know behind. How that go with uh, COVID? I mean, it, and and it was towards the yeah. end of COVID, but yeah, I mean, that was basically April is when I had to boot him out. So you know. Thankfully, it all went really good. But, you know, I, I told him taking over, you know, I was like, I'm going to get you out of here so I can get in and do the remodel. So that that was the whole reason, you know, that I told him to get him out was I need to get in here, remodel and rent it. Was that it. was that an in-person conversation? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so that so was how how did it, how did that <laughs> go? I mean, that's because you're telling like, "Hey, I'm kicking you out, and I'm moving in." You know, yeah, like right. how yeah. did that go? Oh, you know, it's like going over there, and you know, the nerves are just like, yeah. oh, you know, I don't know how this is gonna go, and it could either go good or it could go bad. And, you know, I I don't know if I caught him at a, the right time of day, but did you offer anything? So I I basically told him. Um, like, you know, if you keep it up, keep the condition of the house oh, the I same. If you keep it up, I was like, I'll give you your deposit back. You know, that'll help you get into the new place. So did you get the deposit from the previous owner though, at least? Yeah. Por- okay. A portion of it. Okay. So, so yeah. So it was essentially, it was cash for keys. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually if you were like, if you guys touch on that, cause that's a great 
I mean, I've done, I've done cash for keys. I yeah. mean, unless you want to explain it. No, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, I actually had a deal where I had, um, was buying a house. I was going to flip it and I bought it from an old couple who had, they, I mean, they were in their eighties and they wanted to, uh, they, they gave, essentially they let their son just take the payments over in the house because they couldn't keep up with it anymore. And they moved into an apartment and, uh, he just decided not to pay. And, uh, the only foreclosure I've ever done, or the only deal I've done was been a pre foreclosure that they just don't want to pay. Yeah. But the, the true owners did, but excuse me, their, um, their son, their, their son just kind of let it all go to crap, but he let the house just, just, just look terrible. And, you know, he wouldn't come up to, he wouldn't come to the meetings when I was trying to talk to the parents and him about trying mm. to set up a plan for buying the house and him moving out. He's just not with it. <laughs> yeah. He just wasn't having it. And, um, uh, I remember being sitting in the living room with the parents at the house cause he was supposed to be there. And these like nice old couple, like, yeah, he's supposed to be here. And so they call him and I can hear him. They don't have him on speaker and I can hear him at home. Like, fuck that guy. Oh, I'm not coming on. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. You know? Did, and, did you do that? Evan method? Yeah. Let me keep this up. <laughs> My boy Evan is going to come over here. <laughs> No, but he's just like, I can tell you, I'm like, man, this is not going to be good. And immediately, uh, uh, the guy that was walking, kind of holding my hand through that deal, the, he was also the one bringing the money too. He said, look, man, you're going to have to offer him some money. And even with, I think I offered him, I want to say 1500. Jeez. I was like, dude, like, and I, I cause I ended up texting him. I look, man, like I'm not trying to just. What put was you he? out on the street. Huh? Uh, actually, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I texted him like, man, like, I'm not trying to put you on the street. And it was really more of like a man-to-man conversation. And he just didn't want to meet with me in person. And so I was like, how about we just like meet at a bar, just have a drink and talk about it. And we did that. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, he, he, so showed, he, up to the bar. he up. showed up to the bar. Yeah. And we just talked and I looked man, like, I'm not trying to put you out on the street. I was like, this house just needs to get rehabbed and I, and I can't have you here, but, you know. And so I told him, look, man, I'll give you 1500 bucks. I was like, by this certain date, if because he had they had the bin, the guy was kind of like a hoarder, and so the whole backyard was full of just scrap metal and yeah, all sorts yeah. of crap. And I was like, look, if by this date you have the yard cleaned, I'll give you half of it, and if by this date you're out, I'll give you the other half. And um, my biggest thing was like, I didn't want him, you know, putting concrete down my pipes or smearing yeah, yeah, shit yeah. on the walls. You know, people do some horrible stuff. Yeah. So even with offering that, he got that first half, but he never he didn't leave on the day when he was supposed to leave. And um, I don't really remember what I said to him that got him out. It, I don't remember what it was. Up. It was something. Not, <laughs> it wasn't like, like that because, because actually the guy again, the guy that was holding my hand through that whole process, because I was, you know, at that point I was like, look, man, like now it's getting personal, you know. And, oh yeah, you already uh, gave him half. Right, and of course, like you know, anybody wants to show up there with like your buddies and like, dude, come on, you gotta get out. Like, let's go. Evan's here. You know, Billy's here. Let's go. You know. But no, I mean, he just still like wouldn't wouldn't do anything and. I don't remember how I actually, he ended up, I, I think he just kind of got tired of me bugging him. And, and like I said, the guy walking, holding my hand through it, he's like, look, man, like you can't, you can't uh, threaten them. You can't do anything like they, you know, he doesn't have any legal rights to be in the yeah, house, yeah. but he has these freaking squatter rights, you know? So for the most part, I think cash for keys is a yeah. great way to get people out yeah. and incentivizes them. But it's not a surefire thing. Yeah, you, yeah. you also have to have people skills because that yeah, is a tough conversation to have with someone. Yeah. And especially showing up like that. Uh, you know, we're, well, you know, if, if anything, one thing we're learning is uh, the now, now why we, the now with my doors, I see why the bigger management companies do the letters and, you know, 
the f- not even phone calls or texting, mm-hmm. um, you know, just keep it more business. And that's kind of have been my strategy lately that we've yeah, talked right, about yeah. a little bit. And, and honestly, it's worked out like way better, you know, and right. I, I'm just, I just love people, but it's hard to deal, you know, with deal with people that are complicated like that. Right. So yeah, no, thanks for explaining that. That's, that's definitely a method. Uh, you know, what, when you do inherit people that you want out because you have to go in there and, and you know. And, um, how did you finance this one? I don't think we covered that. For the duplex? Mm-hmm. Um, or the fourplex? Or wait, both. Well, either one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the fourplex, it was just your, you know, standard conventional loan, um, 20% down, mm-hmm. so. And so, so right now you, you have that duplex uh, as a rental. Um, and then we're sitting here, if you could give us a quick, real quick, uh, rundown of this, uh, like what, where are we at? What's going on here? So uh, and just basically number wise, like, what are you, what are you going to do with it? And right. So it's kind of a funny story. Cause when we were searching for flips, uh, my realtor actually brought me here and, um, it was a, a property that, uh, I think a wholesaler had. So, um, he was wanting at that time, I think he was wanting maybe 125 for it. And I think we moved on. And then I think that's when we bought the, the fourplex, um, got that bought. And then um, the person that had bought this property to, I don't know if they were gonna flip it or whatnot, but someone else had bought, purchased this. And um, he had actually reached out to me um, cause we were looking for a flip again. He reached out. So it was kind of funny cause I had this, realtor show me and then uh this other investor said hey i got this property if you want to look at it i'm asking 130 so it went up a little bit and i was like no it don't make sense at 130 so we kind of moved on and um as my realtors you know giving me deals he he gives me that duplex and just doing my digging around on gis county assessor i i saw who owned the duplex. And I was like, that was the same dude oh, that, wow. <laughs> that was trying to get me to buy this house. Nice. So, um, I did, I ended up basically offering, uh, cause he was wanting a hundred for the duplex. He was wanting one thirty for this. I said, you know what, I'll give you the hundred for the, for the duplex, but you give me the, the house for one twenty, and we got the deal done. So got a little, better price on on that's this amazing. one so that's cool that's really yeah, yeah. Really so, and, and basically all it took was just a little bit of time yeah. a little research, research and yeah. yeah and look how far it got you so uh if you don't mind sharing what are you thinking of selling this and what are the numbers there so this one we bought because it. it's a flip right you said yeah it's a flip so bought it 120 um i think by the end of it we'll probably have maybe 25 or so into it mm-hmm. um and then we're planning on listing. I think well, this is back when we bought it. We were thinking about 175, but I don't know. With yeah, you know, now, with yeah. This, the way the market has just <laughs> yeah, from earlier yeah. this year has kind of mm-hmm. gone off. I don't know if maybe we'll up it a little bit or yeah. just it's it's kind of it's hard to tell right now. Yeah. I feel like we were just talking about the other day yeah. how you can try running comps, but you don't really know what things are going for. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, <laughs> even just six months ago was different. Yeah. You know, a year ago was different for sure. So that's amazing, um, and. So this is why I said you were very humble. Like by saying, oh, you know, I just kind of do it on the side, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to touch on how it is to invest having a W-2 job. And I mean, you're doing all this crazy stuff. Well, right? he doesn't like, do much at work though. He listens to YouTube. <laughs> 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 That's all I did. 
<laughs> no, I mean, if you I, could talk on that a little right. bit. So I don't know. I'd like to say for my, you know, for myself that at work, I I'm pretty, pretty efficient with my time. So, you know, I can, I can knock stuff out, get stuff done, progress, progress, projects at work. Listen you know, to YouTube quickly and whatnot, but you know, all, <laughs> you know, everything I hear from my, you know, my bosses and everything, you know, you're doing a good job, keep mm -hmm. it up. And, you know, yeah, it's the one thing I've been thankful for is, uh, for contractors <laughs> that can text during the day. Yeah. So, you know, sorry, it's, bro. It's hard for me to, <laughs> you don't, you don't really want to be at work and, yeah, you know, yeah. pick up the phone and talk about, you know, all this investing and, remodeling and stuff that you're doing on the side so it's good when contractors can text you and so a lot of that's been good being able to communicate that way mm -hmm. um but then you know besides that it's a lot of a lot of after work you know if i gotta run and grab some stuff from the store and deliver it mm -hmm. you know i'll do that after work drop it off and you know some weekends i'm here doing little stuff or yeah, planning stuff. Or when, and I think one of the conversations that we had was uh, how, what I love is how you're, you've been pretty good about kind of having the money work for you. Um, you know, I, I told you that the other day where uh, you're pretty good at like, you know, even if it's actually going back to that duplex, um, you did mention that you had to pay, you know, people to move out the stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that's definitely, uh, can you touch on that? I mean, is that, something that you recommend or, or is it because of the W2 or, and how so, is that working for you? So I, we, we knew, you know, having the W2 job, you know, that, that takes up the chunk, a good chunk of your day. So, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of decided that going into this, that we're going to try and basically sub it all out. We won't do any of the work. We'll, we'll try. So that was it. like your first, like your, when you started, that was part of the plan. Yeah, that was part okay. of the plan. That's what we did in the first one. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of been what what we've been doing. Um, that's that's really admirable. I just want to sorry to cut you off there, but like a lot, and I am guilty of it too. When I started flipping, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna save every dime I can by right, doing right. all the work myself. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool that you're able to see outside of that little, because really, I mean, the the I don't want to say rehab is a small portion of any deal, but it's not just about the rehab, you know, and then your, your time, uh, is also has value to it. So you're able yeah. to see that and just start out with good habits. Cause yeah. I feel like I have a bad habit it, now because I've told you several times, yeah. like it's hard stepping out of that role mm -hmm. now that I've done it so much yeah. and I have to retrain myself, but you started like with the right habits. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what you said, you know, yeah, I, something, I don't know when it happened or if it was when I had my first kid, but you know, my time just is so valuable to me. So, you know, if I can pay someone to do this, but I get to spend time with my kids. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it's all worth the money it. in the world, yep. for sure. That's amazing. So you said texting is something you've taken, uh, you know, or good with contractors or whoever you're dealing with. Uh, what other, can you, if you could touch a little more on like, uh, just the good and the bad, a, a little more pointers on that, on having that W2 job and doing all these, you know, there's the flips and, and the rentals. So, I mean, and maybe even touch on like some stuff that could help our listeners out there that are in the same boat. Right. So, I mean, I see, I see advantages to doing a lot of it yourself because, you know, you control 
when stuff gets done mm-hmm. and how it gets done. Um, and then, you know, some cons that could come about from hiring it all out is, you know, they, they could come and go from the job. And mm-hmm. when, when you, you're on a timeline and you want to get stuff done and, mm-hmm. you know, they got other stuff pop up or whatnot. And, you know, you're, you're trying to get them back on your job or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that can be difficult at times, but, um, it's kind of, it's, I don't know if it's a balancing act or, you know, kind of weighing the pros and cons of each, but, mm-hmm. um, I just kind of see, you know, if I can pay somebody to get all the work done. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not making as much money at mm-hmm. the end, but, um, but see, and, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, to, to kind of go along with that, it's like, there's so many people that worry about like, you know, Oh, we're going to spend as much on tile or floor or paint. But if you think about it, I mean, five, 10 years from now, is that really going to be a freaking problem? Like, are you really going to be thinking like, that? man, I, yeah. I spent so much on paint or, you know, like if you think about it five, 10 years from now, I mean, it, it, you're going to get your money's worth out of that, you know? And, right. and that's why it actually perfect to go along with that book earlier. I mean, it's that compound effect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're, you're kind of doing all this stuff now that obviously in the future is just going to compound for makes it you. easier. How and, do you, go ahead. I was say, how do you, you obviously have to rely on, on contractors a lot mm-hmm. with the structure that you have for your business. How do you manage like keeping them on time, keeping them happy? And because right now I think a lot of people, unless you're an investor that is pretty steady, a lot of people are having trouble with investor or with the uh, contractors that, mm-hmm. They, they're so <clears throat> full of work right now that they don't even get back to you. Like, how do you get, attract them, I guess, to, so that they can do your jobs? You know, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm not, yeah. not quite sure. Cause you know, the, the stuff we've done so far, the guy that's helped us has been really good. And yeah, I don't know if it's just this, this year itself that people are just bogged down with a lot of work. And, um, you know, I've, like this flip in particular, you know, I've, I had him on the job and he's kind of been back and forth and, you know, he's off doing other jobs and, you know, I haven't really found a, a good way yet to get him back here, but still figuring it out, still trying to work. That and it goes out. back to communication. I think on one of our uh, podcasts, we talked about it. It's like, you know, it, even if it was just a quick text, like, right. Hey, I'm bu- you know, but you know, I guess you get so since, I mean, since you were a contractor, what can you, what tips can you give Evan? Like, how do you keep, how do you, how does someone like him keep someone like you wanting to do his work, his jobs? Um, I think, and me and you have talked about it, like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm big on like making things work, uh, you know, even prices and, and uh, everything. Uh, basically, I, I, I'm looking more for the future, like, I don't, you know, if I, if you call me for to do something real quick, uh, and you hire me to do it and my guys get it done, uh, I'm not going to crack your head. Or if you tell me, Hey, you know, I'm thinking this price or that price, most likely I can wiggle out some room with my guys and, you know, with my team and get it done. And, uh, I think that, you know, communication is key with that. And, uh, a lot of people, it's easy to get so like, it's easy to get offended in this business, right? Like if you said, if I send out a bid and it's not what you had in mind or going actually perfect example, going back to you bought wrong, like you bought the place wrong from the beginning. And now you're coming at me 
you know, and, and it's not my fault. Like, sorry, you bought it wrong, but I mean, you know, it's going to take this much to fix it. Um, so I think communication is definitely key, you know, both sides. Um, and then you got to understand that, uh, if, if basically, uh, actually let me, let me back up a little bit. Uh, I think me and Dan talked about it a little bit too. I've had clients that, well, I mean, are they my clients? Because, I've had clients where I've gone the first time, right? Give them a, an estimate. Then they call me back again. I go the second time and uh, they get, I give a new estimate for a new building that they, or, you know, a new property they just bought. And then three months later, Hey, can you come back? And at that point, honestly, I'm going to put somebody like you first, right? That's bringing me, me and my guys. Business. Exactly. Uh, because each time that I went back, basically, uh, the person told me, well, I used so-and-so. And then it's funny because they're not even happy with the work that whoever did. But it was cheap. Exactly. <laughs> it was cheaper than what you said. And it's like, well, why didn't you talk to me? You know what I mean? Tell me, you know, and, and like I said, I can go back to with my guys. And so I think it, it, people forget that it's a relationship. It's like you need people need to stop looking at contractors as if we're just this, like we're, we're a big part of the formula you know mm -hmm. we're, we're we're a huge part of the formula mm -hmm. and and that's where kind of like my key has been communication because i'm an investor also uh, you know and, and I, i'm probably an investor first um and then the contracting uh thank god you know i have family members that help me run it that make it easier for me um but i think if i could say anything it would be that like keep them coming by giving more work uh and also make sure that at the end of the day we're all trying to win and if if we if you win i win if i win you win so let's work something out and and communicate and communicate so it's it's the same it goes it goes the it goes same i place. think yeah um but no that this is amazing so you have all this stuff going on evan um what's next like what's your plan like are you uh, I'm assuming, obviously it seems like you're in the middle of uh, w wealth right now. And what I mean by that is uh, the first step was you paid all this debt. Now you're investing. So then what's the, what's next? So I'd say what's next is once we get this house sold and then uh, I've got the duplex, get it finished, get it rented. And I think we'll be back on trying to find another flip. So uh, just to build up more cash to throw into another rental. Um, but one, one thing that I do want to try and do, you know, especially if I, if I'm staying at my W2 job, I want to try and automate, automate everything as much as I can. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I could get in a relationship where, you know, I buy a property, I send the guys over there and they know, you know, what I, mm -hmm. you know, the condition of the place and they know, you know, what, what needs to be done and, you know, the stuff I typically pick out or whatnot, you know, I think that'd be good for me, you know, just to, if I can automate that, you know, mm -hmm. as much as I can, you know, just takes more, more load off me mm -hmm. trying to figure stuff out, but yeah, it'd just be. So definitely find more, more deals, rentals, yeah. More deals, more rentals. And then, but what's the so why why that route? Like, what's your end goal? If that makes sense, your so, future goal. You know, the the thing I like about real estate is you get this passive income, and you can you can use it now, right? Yeah. Where you know, being a W two, yeah, I got four hundred one k, but 
the money I put in there, I can't touch it till I'm 65. Right. You know, so if it's still 65, right, if, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And, you know, who knows the condition of the markets and all that at that time, you might not want to pull your money out at that time. So, yeah. So you're seeing like both worlds right now, you know, the and, 401k and yeah. then the investing. And you don't have plans to leave your W2. Like you're not not right now. You know, I it'd be nice, you know, someday to be full time real estate investor. But I I don't know. I need something that's going to keep me busy. And, and, and you know what? I mean, that, that's it's a huge point for everybody listening out there. I mean, what if you end up working your W two and then you do find this automation for this business? I mean, you're you're bound to do great things in life. Like, and, and that's one thing. Like, that a W two doesn't have to be a negative thing, mm-hmm. um, and especially if you enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously. If you don't enjoy what you do, then you should probably get the hell out of there and probably find another W two job. Anyways, but um, I, I think that's what's amazing is that uh, you know I, I was talking to a buddy that I'm like, dude, even if you just buy one house every three years for the next fifteen years, I mean, you know, you you live in it, you rent it, you go to the next one, and you do that for fifteen years, I mean, you're you're better off with you know than most people, and and that's what I love about your story is that right now you're you're still you're basically focused on building it and obviously you're gonna reap that you know in the future that compound effect that we were talking about at the beginning so that that's definitely amazing um so do you have like a you you did say something maybe in the future it would be something that'd be that'd be great uh like what's your goal with that like are you thinking like number yeah number number of doors years yeah i mean that's a good question. You know, it's the the one thing that keeps that interest alive is basically having my, you know, my time. Mm-hmm. Basically right now, you know, I, I go to work, you know, I'm trading my time for a paycheck mm-hmm. where it'd be nice to get to a spot where you got so many doors and, you know, maybe you got some work that you can do to stay busy and make mm-hmm. a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but then be all on your time. You know, right. you know what I'm so saying? The freedom. Exactly. The freedom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I've been experiencing lately myself is, uh, you know, having the time. But also when you love what you do, I mean, there's days where we go till, I mean, if you think about it right now, we're still going, right? Like, you know, um, it's seven o'clock, but we're still going because this is what we love doing. Like we love you know, talking about this and, yeah, right. and you know, so it, it's not a job, but in the future, you know, potentially this is going to get us to whatever, and me and Dan, we've talked about it, but um, basically it, it's, it's a matter of what, once you get to that point, it's like you, you love what you do. So it doesn't even matter if you're working late or whatever, because you just love it, you know, and, and there's times where I'm recording at midnight, you know, and, and it doesn't matter because uh, that's, you know, uh, with my head, with, you know, with my record label, like I, I can do that and I love doing it. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, you know, I remember back then working, cleaning an office, you know, and getting off at 1am. I mean, I didn't want to be there at midnight, you know, for that last hour, that last hour, but no, that that's amazing. Um, so right now you're kind of just riding the wave, but for sure you're, you know, you're focused on growth. Like you definitely want to grab a few more doors, keep it going. 
Yep. Yeah. Just keep, keep growing. And, you know, I'll just all that money I get from all the cash flow, it just go, it goes right back into the business. So I'm not trying to pull any of it out to, to use. So just keep that piling for piling up, piling up. And, and it, it's like the opposite of the, the what Ram, Ramsey does, right? Like you, you pay this debt, right? And then it starts snowballing, like he says, right? So then all of a sudden, boom, you pay it off. Like now he's doing the opposite with income. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then that's thanks for taking yeah, my well, yeah. <laughs> Now it's the income where, where you know, uh, thanks, bro. <laughs> now it's the income that now it's starting to snowball for you, which snowball is the right which is that it's like right. And but uh, anyways, no, that's amazing. Um well, do you do you have any other questions? No, man, Before I think we, uh, that was, I think you really helped uh, any listeners with like a W-2. Like I said, myself, I, I'm a W-2 employee myself. And um, real quick, though, before we wrap it up, I also think it's a good thing to point out that, you know, you didn't make it seem so bad that you have your day job. I mean, a lot of people mm -hmm. do hate having their day jobs. I think when we talked to Rebecca last week, mm -hmm. um, she had some regrets of leaving her day job. It's kind of off camera, mm -hmm. but you know, we don't really speak of the the benefits that you get of having a W two mm -hmm. job and being an investor. The, the biggest benefit is the bankability you have. Mm -hmm. Banks love that steady income, especially if you're making good money. Mm -hmm. They love it and they will loan money to you left mm -hmm. and right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot harder to do when you don't have a W two. Yeah. So that's something that you know. I keep in mind a lot too yeah. when when I struggle with because I always struggle with the opportunity cost of being at a day job all day as opposed to going out and lead generating. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I also think of like, okay, well, it'd also be a lot harder to to get those loans if I needed them. So you know, these are the things that you got to educate yeah. yourself on, and and like, until you build it to that point right. where it, and it's that snowball effect the other way. And then when you yeah. get you know someone's like like I said, he, he's okay with his W two job, but we can probably talk to someone next week that hates your W two job. So now you're gonna get two different perspectives, exactly, and you can form your own opinion. Exactly. So just wanted to make that quick point. Yeah, yeah, no, great point. Uh, and, and that's that's what I love about your story is that you're just building it up, and obviously, I mean, of course, you keep compounding that it's obviously going to pay off in the future and you're okay. going to build that wealth. And, uh, yeah, no, great point. Um, like I said, uh, and I've even had conversations with some investors that are doing big things and they still have that W2 job. And, uh, maybe, you know, we've had conversations maybe during the time when I was getting ready to quit my job where they're like, you know, that's amazing. You know, uh, I want to do that too. But then, you know, a few months later we talk again and they're like, you know what? No, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to keep this job and, and, uh, just keep, keep building. Yeah. And, and I think the worst thing you could do is just focus on the W2 job. Right. But you're, you're over here doing both. Well, the the worst is, thing to do is nothing at all. Right. I like it. Dan, 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 2021. Can people find you? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty quiet. You know, I don't, really do a lot of social media or anything like yeah. that but you know i just got is there anything in particular that you're looking for right now to buy that maybe someone knows about and they can throw your way you know not not right now you know right now we're just focused on getting getting this one sold mm -hmm. and get that duplex finished and then you know i it might be late in the year maybe stuff might slow down a little bit but yeah it'd be nice if we could find like another flip yeah. towards the end of the year you know get it going over winter basically yeah yeah no that's amazing and uh i have a couple questions that we ask all our guests uh every episode um and obviously different perspectives that's why we love asking them uh, the first question is um if you had to look back when at your younger self uh what would be the advice that you would give yourself from a year ago 
<laughs> Overall, <laughs> you know, I've, you know, like just getting into this recently, you know, it's like, I always go back and say, you know, why didn't I not do this sooner? And it would, it would be telling my, you know, 18, 19 oh, year old yeah. self, like, don't worry, don't, don't that worry about all the, you know, <laughs> don't try and keep up with the Joneses basically, yeah. you know, don't need all this fancy stuff right now. It's amazing. Just, you know, you should, what you should do is, you know, put your head to the ground, get a plan and look at the long game and no, focus, focus on that. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and then the next question is if, it, if there's a three step formula for success, what are the three steps or what are the three things that you should do? Three step formula to success. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I figured out Evan. <laughs> one, I think maybe is probably the biggest thing is to always be learning, you know, um, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to listen to YouTube and learn as much as I can. Minority um, report. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, always be learning. Um, and you know, I, I, what, something that I like to try to do is I also try and listen to a lot of motivational stuff mm -hmm. and it just gets you pumped up mm -hmm. and focused and, you know, kind of just, just helps you get excited about mm -hmm. your goals and reminds you. Yep. And third is probably to, you know, write, write down your goals and, you know, just don't focus on the near future. You know, you got to always have a plan for, you know, a five-year plan, 10-year plan, you know, you constantly got to be thinking about where you want to be in the future because, you don't want to kick the can down the road yeah. too far, mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about this year or yeah. next year is like, you gotta be thinking about the long term. But yeah, no, love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and then last question, if right now where you're at right now, where, if you were to write a book, what would be the theme and the title or the title the or the title? No, both. I want both. It's just a question. If you keep it up, <laughs> if you keep it up, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for me, you know, being on the Dave Ramsey side and then seeing the Kiyosaki side, you know, if, if there was a way you could merge those two. I love I it. It would be titled If You Keep It Up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's all it takes. No, yeah, actually, I love that. I love that because it's best of both worlds. And, and that's what I'm saying. You could depending where you're at, but then if you mix, obviously, boom, you've got success because you're following both, right. both of the, those two worlds there. No, I love it. Uh, this has been amazing. Thanks. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate uh, it. Oh, thanks for having know. us. Yeah, yeah seriously. I hope you enjoyed the, oh, yeah. the dark Corona that we brought. Um, but no, uh, anybody out there listening, make sure you guys subscribe to the, that minority report podcast, uh, the IG, which is natural now, bro. Yeah, just moguls is out here doing it. Um, but make sure you guys follow us on IG and then on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you could find a po uh, podcast. We're on there, baby. Let's get it. Bye. Please don't say dress in a suit. I can't relate. Minority report. Can't ignore being rich from poor and your credit score. My hand to please don't segregate. Dress in a suit. I can't relate. Minority report. Can't ignore.